Today on CityCast Denver. Ever since July 17th, when Denver police shot into a crowd of people outside Larimer Beer Hall, we've been talking about what to do about the late night crowds in Lodo. The city decided to ban food trucks from the area, but that didn't go over very well. According to the Denver Post, some state lawmakers have pushed for a let out time later than 2 a.m., and Governor Polis reportedly supports that idea. But Mothers Against Drunk Driving, AAA, and law enforcement all oppose it. So we're at a standstill. Whenever this issue comes up, I can't help but think about Valentis Corleones, the nightclub kingpin and self-proclaimed member of the mafia we profiled on the show last December. He's easily one of the most interesting people I've ever talked to. When you become made man very much, if somebody kill you, they'll kill all your family, your whole generation. I'm very protected back home. That's how made man is. Our host Bree Davies is out of town for the next few days, so I thought this would be the perfect time to share that episode again. It features clips from my interview with Valentis, plus Bree's conversation with friend of the show Connor McCormick Cavanaugh, who's been reporting on the Lodo situation for Westward. Anyways, I hope you enjoy this, and if you've listened to this episode before, I think you might want to listen again. I added some extra stuff in here this time, and some of it is pretty explicit. Today is Friday, August 26th, 2022. I'm Paul Caroli, and this is CityCast Denver. Well, Connor McCormick-Cavanaugh, welcome back to CityCast Denver. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Connor, we're going to talk about what well, you've been reporting on the situation with Beta and the nightlife scene in Lodo and the police's involvement. And there's this fascinating person at the center of this whole story, Valentes Corleones. <laughs> Who is Valentes Corleones? Valentes Corleones is 53 years old. He says that he's from Palermo, Italy, originally, which is Sicily. So I born in Sicily, Palermo. You know, my, everybody in Belarmo and the Mafia, I mean, I'm sure you know that in Italy, Sicily, well known. You know, all my family's uncle back home in the Mafia, all got, you know, Castellano, all that. And he is of Lebanese descent. His real name is Hussein Cayeli, which is definitely a Lebanese name and not an Italian name. I was as a Muslim. My father, Middle Eastern, he's Muslim. My mom's Sicilian, you know, Christian, believe Jesus, you know how in Italy they are. And he says that he came to the U.S., I want to say around 25 years ago, 20 years ago. And then he eventually settled in the Denver area. I, when I came to this country, I worked for Winchell's Donuts for, for many years, making donuts and worked in a Safeway meat department. Make $4 an hour. My paycheck used to be $600. That's how I started. And he got into auto sales and the auto industry. And then after a while, he, I think he was a, a fan of clubbing. And he slowly moved into the, the clubbing world. And But yeah, he, he bought Beta completely over the last few years. And he's now the, the owner of the nightclub. I did not go sell drugs to get money. I did not kill anybody to take money. Nothing been handed to me. I earned it. Wild. So Beta 
what was interesting to me in, in reading about him was Beta for a good decade was this world-renowned EDM club. I mean, it was known as a place to see really amazing top-level DJs. The sound system was incredible. But in the last couple of years, it became a kind of switched genres into a hip-hop club. And I'm assuming that came with Valente's takeover of of beta so beta was owned by mike mccray and brad rulier and in late 2018 they shut down they were also looking for an injection of capital and they needed a partner to come on so they partnered with valentes want you to rest well in a month from now this hollywood big shot's gonna give you what you want too late. They start shooting in a week. I'm going to make them an offer he can't refuse. And then the plan was to reopen the club later in 2019. They did. They had kind of a soft opening in October 2019. And then in early March 2020, kind of just as we, we were really starting to worry about COVID, Valenti's bought out or agreed to buy out Brad and Mike. Now, Brad and Mike will tell you that Valenti still hasn't paid them for for that sale. Mm. But anyway, they had this agreement to to sell the club to him completely. So Valenti's in kind of on on paper becomes the the owner of of Beta. And then he's trying to manage it through the the early months of the pandemic and so he's dealing with covid restrictions he's wanting to switch to hip-hop and so he moves to hip-hop as the main genre that they play eventually as as kind of things got um the things got better with covid they're now worse again obviously but as things got better (laughs) he was able to reopen it and turn into a full club and um it, it still sounds like it's a it's a fairly popular club just maybe with with a different crowd, different clientele. I love this country in America and I love everybody in it. Like I can't describe to you as much I love white people, I love black people, I love Latino. And God witness on that, I don't discriminate. I love everybody. Sorry, I lost you. I, I live in a penthouse all the way on top, 42nd floor, so I may lose you. When did the trouble with police start? Fast forward to midway through 2021. In the spring and the summer, there's issues with violence in Lodo late at night, especially on weekends. Just fights, shootings, kind of some, some really serious violence that takes place right around when clubs are letting out usually, so around 1.45, 2, 2.15 a.m. Sure. And the police starts to see some issues with beta, potentially. They discover unlicensed security guards working there. They're seeing a lot of gang members showing up to, um, to hang out at the club. S- some they know are gang members because... They have experience as cops and they know, hey, this person's a gang member. Other ones are wearing denim jackets that apparently say Park Hill Blood 
on the back of it. So that's that's pretty easy to spot. <laughs> so and these gang members, according to testimony from cops, are coming to Beta essentially to like flex on each other and flex on people to to get into fights, to start beef with rival gangs, with other folks. So a lot of fights are starting to erupt at Beta, according to police testimony. And so then the DPD sends in two undercover cops in June of 2021. A beautiful blonde. I saw her in court. Her name is Spencer. She's like 5'10". What you see in a runway model. She walked to the club with another officer, and he has gone too. And immediately, after just a few minutes of being there, they try and score some coke. You got a beautiful blonde asking for cocaine, okay? What the guy's going to do? Kind of <laughs> like the thing that you would imagine a narc to do. Just, <laughs> it's completely... I'm inquiring about some cocaine. <laughs> 30 minutes, he said, I got you some coke. Let's go to the bathroom. He goes to the woman's bathroom, and he puts some on her key. It sounds like the guy who was giving them the cocaine wanted them to kind of just take a little bit on the spot, what's known as a key bump on the spot. And they were like, <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. It's, it's too public. But obviously they couldn't do that because they're cops. They're <laughs> they can't cops, do cocaine right. on the job. And so then they tested that later and it came back positive as cocaine. So it was cocaine. They go back another Friday in June and they do the same thing. Dancing on the on the dance floor, get into the VIP area, ask about cocaine. Some guy who sounds like he was pretty skeptical of them eventually agrees to score them some cocaine, takes them downstairs. They're in the basement area where there are bathrooms. And she said, no, I don't want to do it. And she leaves. She said, I want to leave. She put it in a bag, little tiny bit, and send it to the lab test. And it came back baby powder. So it is actually a felony to to deal imitation cocaine, which I didn't know. And it's obviously a felony to deal cocaine. So you have a myriad of different offenses that the city's starting to pull together. And then eventually, in August, they file what's known as a, a show cause order. And that's essentially... The city saying, hey, all these violations have taken place on your property or by you, the venue. You need to show us why we shouldn't take away your liquor license. And if a club loses its liquor license, it's it's kind of like the the death penalty for, for a club. Like they're totally screwed. I have eight attorneys and emotionally they're upset how the city treated me. I give hundred of people, employees who depend on me, girls have kids, families, and you want to destroy me because you send a beautiful model girl and a guy give her a little a bomb in a bathroom, you want to destroy me? And um, I, I'm really wondering if, if he's going to be able to get a liquor license ever again in Denver, just given how much the city clearly does not like this guy as an operator. I know that you've talked to Valentes. Um, what is he saying about all of this? So Valentes is saying that the city is essentially railroading him. He's saying that the city 
doesn't like his clientele and that it's largely African-American and that that's why they're going after him. The city rejects those claims. They want to take bourbon martini license, beta liquor license, falling rock liquor license. I just bought ultra Poltebic, and they have nothing to do with the other venue. You want to take Beda's license? Why want to take all my liquor license? What they have done? But Valenti says that he's just trying to, you know, show people a good time at his clubs and that he really wants a second chance from the city. He said, look, the the cocaine, the fake cocaine stuff like that's that's not my fault. I, I didn't I wasn't dealing cocaine. He, he constantly tells me he's like, I don't do drugs. I don't drink. Why should I get in trouble for somebody scoring some cocaine on, on at my venue you, you can go to any venue and the same thing will happen yeah which i think is a fair point and then he also says just that the city is kind of exaggerating things or he says outright fabricating claims that uh, about beta but he's really saying hey the city is just railroading me I'm a friend with Hancock. I support his campaign. I spent 50000 donate this campaign. I support the governor, Polis, his whole campaign. I paid for it. I have videos. I was with all his campaign before he became governor. I support the chief, Paul. That's, that's Chief Paul Pazin? Yeah. Nobody wants to meet and help me because they're all teaming up. They say we had this motherfucker. Just bury him. Shut him down. He talked too much. Denver, I'm a man of my community. I'm not going to stop talking. And I'm not scared, man, to go to jail. You can't put me in jail. I'm clean, my money clean, and I'm not threatening anybody. Well, okay, Valentes, because you just, you just said something that I has kind of um, captured a lot of people's attention. You know, you just told me, you know, you're clean, your money's clean. But also in the hearing, you said that you were a made man. You said that, and you told me earlier that you were part of the Sicilian mafia. Um, tell, tell me about that. What do you, like my understanding of the mafia is that's a criminal organization. They do a lot. Not, of like, not all. It's you know, like, I can't sit and tell you all Jewish has big nose. I can't say all black people criminal. I cannot say all white people racist. Correct. You cannot say all mobster are criminal and organized crime because mafia is different. I wanted to ask you real quick because uh, Valentes has said some really interesting things on the record as well as <laughs> what um, has he said your <laughs> your live your live tweeting of the of the court bananas case yeah. which was wild but he he said that he was a made man in the mafia um, do you think he's actually in the mafia um I you know I wish there was a kind of public information officer for the Sicilian mafia, but there's not. If there was, I would have reached out to them for comment. (laughs) I've watched, uh, I think it's in Goodfellas where I think it's Robert De Niro's character. He can't become a made man because he's, he's half Irish and, and he's half Italian. So I, I'm not, I'm not sure. It doesn't sound like Valenti's his father is Italian. It sounds like his father is Lebanese. But Valenti says he's a made man. I kind of let readers do their own judgment about that and, and they can figure out um, whether to believe him or not. See, it's the highest honor they can give you. 
means you belong to a family and a crew. It means that nobody can fuck around with you. It also means you could fuck around with anybody just as long as they aren't also a member. It's like a license to steal. It's a license to do anything. Do you think that the situation with Beta has larger implications for sort of the nightlife scene in Denver? That's a that's a really good question. I don't know if it's like representative of a paradigm shift. It people that I've talked to have said, you know, for for, for decades, if you if you run a if you run a good establishment, you'll be in the good graces of the city. If you run a sloppy establishment where a lot of kind of sketchy things are happening or violations are happening. Yeah, of course you're going to you're going to get on the bad side of the city. So, I don't know if it's necessarily representative of a paradigm shift in that regard. It might be just kind of the same old, but I do think that I don't know, the city's got to figure out the Lodo situation, especially like late at night at let out time. Um it's just it sounds like it, it it's it's kind of dangerous and there are just a lot of shootings that take place, a lot of fights, and this might be just kind of like one small piece of, of that puzzle that the city is working on. Yeah, that's what's interesting to me, too, is, I mean, I grew up here, so I, I went clubbing in Lodo in the early 2000s, and there were some real similar situations happening at different now defunct clubs. Like, it was not hearing this story is I'm not um, I'm not like, oh, wow, really? No shit. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, no, it's a real no shit thing. Like early on when I started with Westward, I was writing an article about let out time on a block of Market Street where there are a bunch of clubs. And so I went and I staked out at like 1 a.m. and I, I hung out there until 3 a.m. And then I wrote an article about it. But I was going through the archives of Westward when I wrote the article about it. And We've unfortunately written a lot of stories about especially young people getting shot and killed or paralyzed and in Lodo. And it's just it's just a story that's that's really old and, and recurrent. And so, yeah, this is this is kind of the same old with this area. Yeah, that's not again. It's a tale as old as nightclub time. Yes, it's classic nightclub <laughs> behavior. <laughs> Well, Connor, thank you so much. This has been fun. Yeah, no, it's it's a pleasure. Glad to talk about it. <laughs> hey, it's Paul. Hope you enjoyed that story. I'm back with an update. Since we published this back in December, the city actually did go ahead and shut down beta for good in January. I also checked in with Connor about the latest with Valentis. He said the latest he's heard is that Valentis is now doing promotion for uh, SIP Ultra Lounge at 891 14th Street. So he's no longer a club owner in Denver, but still involved in the club scene. I actually also tried to get in touch with Valentis after the food truck ban. I had seen him posting memes about it, and I knew he'd have something to say. Unfortunately, he claimed he had to jet off to Miami for some nightclub business, which probably means I'll be seeing another crazy video on Facebook soon of him partying with rappers and models. 
more classic nightclub behavior, I guess. As for the current food truck ban, the city seems to be slowly rolling it back. And now, according to Westward, they've got a temporary plan in place to allow seven food trucks to operate in the neighborhood until midnight for the next 180 days. Obviously, that's not a solution that's going to make everybody happy, but they are all talking about it. They hope to have permanent rules and regulations ready after that. And that's all for today here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were me, Paul Caroli, Aaron O'Toole, and Lizzie Goldsmith. Peyton Garcia writes our morning newsletter. Bree Davies is our host. Our music is by Los Mocochetes with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you enjoyed the show, take a minute to tell your favorite club kid about us. Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter. You can sign up for that newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. See you next week. Today on CityCast King's Landing, Prince Daemon Targaryen is back, and he's stirring up trouble in our fair capital city. But even though he won last week's big tournament, he seems to be out of favor with his brother, the king. Could we finally see a queen Targaryen sit the Iron Throne? And does Princess Rhaenyra even want the crown? My guest today is coming at us live from his studio in Flea Bottom. He's our favorite bard and a friend of the show. It's Shog. Shog, welcome back to CityCast King's Landing.